hello, hello, Charmers. Hi there. Welcome into another episode of Ms. Charm School Podcast. I'm your host, Sunday Eli, if you don't know that by now. For those of you who are coming back, thank you for joining me again. I hope you enjoyed the last episode. And for those of you lovely ladies and gentlemen who are here for the first time, I would like to welcome you. Thank you for deciding to spend some time with me today. Oh my God, I'm so excited for this episode. I have literally been just vibing and spending time in quiet and spending time with myself and journaling and writing things down and really reflecting on um, all the years up until the age that I am today. And I just felt so inspired to stop and actually record some of the conversations and the reflection that I'm having because it's so, so, so powerful. And if you would give me the space and the grace and the time to flow in this moment and to be free in this moment, I'm just so grateful in advance because this is going to be something powerful. This is totally from spirit take the gems as they come. Half the time, I may not even really know what I'm saying because I'm literally going to be flowing. So let's get into this good, good episode. As always, I would like to tell you to kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Come on in, come on in, come on in. Grab you something sexy, okay? Your infused water, your wine, whatever it is. Um, Stay hydrated, of course. And man, there's so much I could talk to you about. So many topics are flowing through my brain right now. But let's just jump into literally where I just was in terms of reflecting. So I was sitting in my home and just thinking about how in life we go through cycles and I was saying to myself that everything that you will ever be, you've already been. Everything that you will ever be, you've already been. Everything that you will ever be, you've already been. And so if you really take the time to stop and to think about that statement, the, the best way that I can break it down is by giving you examples of what I mean. So, you know, I always lean on Jesus. Okay, I can't help it, y'all. If Come on, you didn't rock with me. If this is your first time, whatever, sis, okay? But if you've been rocking with me for a couple episodes, you know I can't help it. It's just the preacher kid in me just comes out, okay? But I'm just using this as an example. And then I'll give you an example of my own life. But, you know, Jesus at the age of 13 was teaching in the synagogue. You know, he was teaching in a place where people way growner than him, real grown folk, was in there teaching the word of God. And he was teaching at 13. And when he opened his mouth to teach, people were astonished. People were listening because he had something to say. And if you think about his life and his mission, even those of you who really know about the Lord and those of you who don't really, but just kind of know a little bit here and there, you know, mainly Christ on earth was a teacher, a preacher, gave sermons, talked to people, you know, and that's what he did. 
talked to women by the a woman at the well, you know, gave uh, messages in houses and teached people different things about the kingdom of God, teached about miracles, et cetera, et cetera, right? But he was already teaching at the age of 13. Everything that you will ever be, you've already been. And so I started thinking about that and I've been planning some things that I'm super excited about venturing into. And I was challenged by my personal life coach to um, celebrate the woman that I was in terms of like the woman that accomplished so much and to celebrate her and think about her accomplishments and then to think about the woman that I'm building and map her out and what does she look like and how does she stand and how does she walk and how does she talk and I really was asking myself what do I want to do now and that gentle reminder came to me everything that you will ever be you've already been and I thought about a message I heard from Sarah Jakes and she gave an analogy of a funnel And how a funnel, she said, you know, life kind of goes in circles and cycles. And sometimes in life, you can be like, wait, I'm going around this same thing again. I'm learning this same cycle again. I'm in this same cycle again. And she said, but you don't realize that you're on a new level. That, yeah, it looks the same, but you're actually higher. You're on another level. So if you think about a funnel, right, maybe at 13, you start out at the bottom of that funnel. But by 23, you're at a higher level on the funnel. By 33, you're at another higher level of the funnel until you get to the top, right? And you're in your last cycle here on earth before being called home. And so I thought about that. Everything that you will ever be, you've already been, which is so comforting to me because that means that all the greatness, all the things that you aspire to be in the moments when you're confused about what's next for me, what am I going to do next, you know? what's, you know, what's my purpose in life? I'm not sure. When you have those questions in life, just pause and think about that simple phrase, everything that I will ever be, I've already been. You've already shown glimpses and flashes of your greatness, of what you are supposed to be doing here on earth. And that's the beautiful thing about children. Children will show you who they are. They come here wrapped already in their personalities. And sometimes in life, the Holy Spirit reminded me that we go through, you know, the systems of this world and the culture of the city you grew up in or the culture of the family you grew up in or the culture of the nation you grew up in or the culture of the hemisphere of the side of the world you grew up in or the culture of the language that you grew up in and you become acultured to a society or to systems that maybe suppress who you really are. You know, when Jesus did his miracle of turning water into wine, he told his mother, mom, it's not yet my time, you know, because he probably was doing miracles for a long time, okay? We don't know because it wasn't documented in, in the script that we have, but he probably had been doing miracles for a long time for his mother to even ask him to do something like that. She had already experienced something from him. And he told his mother, it's not yet my time. And she just pretty much ignored him. It was like, whatever he tells you to do, do it. (laughs) So I'm saying that to simply say that you've already been operating in who you are planning to be, 
who you are hoping to be, who you aspire to be. You've already been that person. You've already shown glimpses of that person and that greatness and your purpose all throughout your life. It just takes time. You just have to take time to pause and look back over your life and see and figure out who am I? And if you're like me, (laughs) God will make sure that you get there. So I had even thought about how, you know, maybe two years ago, I went through a very, very, very dark place. Um, Some people call it dark night of the soul. And I thought about that time in my life and how I felt like all these things were crashing and I felt like I was dying, you know, literally to the point that I remember days like literally being on the floor in the living room of my apartment in Henderson, Nevada, and just crying and just feeling like, you know, who did it and why type energy. And I remember one time just crying for my father, like, God, I need to talk to my dad. I need to talk to my earthly dad. I need to talk to my earthly dad. And, um, I did end up having a very powerful conversation with my earthly father and my earthly father even sent me a letter that was like supernaturally healing to a lot of the things that I had been struggling with. And that's another podcast for another time. But I'm so grateful for that time period of my life because I needed to have a death of the things that I had taken on as my identity that didn't belong to me. Think about that. When you go through those dark moments in life, you know, sometimes we don't understand them and sometimes we run to alcohol or we run to drugs or we tell ourselves, I'll never feel like that again. I'll never open my heart again. I'll never. But the reality is that thing didn't belong to you. That thing may have even been shrinking you. You may have been conforming yourself to try to be something that you're not. It's not your true essence. It's not who you are. Maybe you took on a culture of a man or a culture of a friendship and that relationship became distorted and you started living out of a system that doesn't belong to you. And so in order for you to really walk into your purpose and walk into your fulfillment, that thing literally had to die. Because maybe you ignored the signs to walk away when you should have long before that time. And you stayed for whatever reason. You stayed maybe because of brokenness. You stayed maybe because for me it was the childhood wounds that I had yet healed. You stayed for all these different reasons. And God had to say, okay, this doesn't belong to you. You are shrinking. You're not living in your highest calling right now. And so I'm going to have to take you through a death of separation to bring you back to a place of purity, to bring you back to that 13-year-old that showed glimpses of who you've always been since I sent you here. And so I just want to share that with you. And I want to give you another example. You know, I'll give you the example of me. So I thought about this, you know, 13 and Jesus teaching in the synagogue. And I was like, what was I doing at 13? And at 13, you know, I did my first beauty pageant. I did my first beauty pageant at 13 and it was the first pageant I ever did and I won. And my talent was spoken word. And at 13, I really wanted to be a model. And I used to have pictures of models um, from Teen Vogue, okay, and from Essence Magazine. I would put campaigns and ad campaigns all over my room and pictures of models all over my room and I would uh, look up models that were a part of elite 
and forward models and I would spend time on the computer researching Brazil because I just I don't know I always wanted to go there and I wanted to study the black culture there and um also like before 13 when I was even younger than 13 I studied Swahili in elementary school and um, by the time I was 13 I was getting ready to be a freshman in high school and I was studying Spanish and um, I didn't feel beautiful at all. And I'm so grateful that my mother put me in the pageant because I didn't feel like a pretty girl. I felt like an ugly black girl. And that was culture. It's not because my parents made me feel that way. That was growing up in a Western culture. And that's why when I saw models that look like me, I would take it out and I would put it on the wall of my room and it, and I always wanted to be a journalist and I wanted to tell black stories and I wanted to report and I wanted to, you know, be beautiful and take pictures and model. And that's what I wanted to do at 13. And so um, I also did dance on and off and I was doing volleyball and active and sports and I was really sh smart in school. And I thought about those things. And I thought about how that was one layer and one level. And then as I grew in high school, I knew that I wanted to be a journalist and I started getting involved with journalism organizations and I became the sports editor of my high school newspaper and I did more pageants in high school and I would perform spoken word on campus for, you know, Black History Month or MLK Day or I was doing theater and dance in high school and just, you know, so many different things that I'm still doing today. I'm still an overachiever. <laughs> I'm still hella smart, okay? Then I went to college and went to the best public school in the United States in UC Berkeley. And then I went to get a master's program in journalism from Northwestern University and studied broadcast journalism, which is one of the best schools to go to for broadcast journalism. And I studied sports. And I've lived all over the world, you know, in high school. Of course, I grew up 15 minutes from the Mexico border in San Diego, California, Tijuana, Mexico. But the first time I ever had a passport was in high school. In the 10th grade, I went to Costa Rica. And fast forward in college, I went to Brazil, my dream country, and I studied Portuguese. And I've lived in Barbados. I've lived in Connecticut. I've lived all over the United States, Las Vegas and San Diego and Berkeley and Oakland and Chicago and you know, I've had such rich experiences and I thought about it. You know, I wrote a book in 2015 that I self-published and I always tell people like I've lived many lives, man. I could, I've done a lot <laughs> in just 30 years. And when I think about it, everything that I've been, everything that I aspire to still do and to still achieve, I've already been. I've already been a world traveler. I've already been a storyteller. I've already been a reporter. I've already been a journalist. In the 10th grade in Costa Rica, I sat on a balcony at a casita and sat in front of, video, sat in front of a video camera, nervous as hell, and talked about the ecosystem and the ecotourism and how I had ambitions to own hotels and resorts. And after my trip in Costa Rica, I learned about the people and I learned the importance the importance of um, the ecosystem and imp the importance of the rainforest and how some tourism can destroy the beautiful things that we should actually be preserving. 
and it changed my mind and it changed my perspective and I learned something and I also learned about the African descendants that live in Lemon, Costa Rica and I wanted to go visit there and tell their stories and I've been doing this. I've been doing the work. I've been exposed. I've I've been hungering and and going after the things that are uniquely me. Just at a different level. Just at a different level. And there were times I didn't feel good enough. You know, I didn't know Spanish like the native Spanish speakers on that trip. You know, I went to Brazil. I didn't feel like I was the strongest Portuguese speaker when I was in Brazil, but I was there and I got to go to a tejero and I got to see, you know, a condomble service and I got to experience. We literally studied the African history of Brazil in Salvador Bahia, Brazil. And I used to sit for hours as a teen researching it on my parents' computer in the house, (laughs) you know? And so I think about those things and I want to encourage you to take some time to reflect and think about all the things that you've ever wanted to do and ever wanted to accomplish. And sometimes I beat myself up because I'm like, man, you know, I'm not yet a billionaire. And, you know, sometimes I look on my life and I'm like, well, I haven't built, you know, a billionaire business that, you know, people invite me to come speak at all these different places. But it's like, but I have built a business called Cash for Creatives where I teach people how to have a side hustle and earn extra income if you are a creative and you know how to build websites or do graphic design or uh, do social media. And I've been invited to speak at Northwestern University to teach entrepreneurial journalism twice. You know, I wrote a book in 2015 and was invited to speak at high schools in Oakland, California to high school students. You know, I have done glimpses of things that sometimes I forget about and that I overlook. And you're just as amazing. And this is this is not a time, I'm not saying all this to stroke ego. I'm just saying that sometimes in our world of, of push and go and get and accomplish, you know, what the world may measure as great in terms of, you know, Jeff Bezos or, you know, having a company that goes public on the stock market and all those things, like, Maybe that's not your dream. Maybe that's another person's identity that you've tried to take on yourself. Maybe your dream is to be an artist, to tell stories like me. Maybe your dream is to be a model. That was my dream, to be a model and to be a journalist. Who knew that I could win a pageant? I never fathomed the idea. And it happened for me. I wanted to be a storyteller. I didn't even believe that I could do broadcast journalism. I felt like I had to be behind the scenes as a writer because I didn't think I could do on camera. And it was the pageants that helped me realize, like, actually, sis, you can't. And God brought people into my life that told me, no, you have a look. You should be in front of the camera. I never felt like a pretty black girl. I never did. Honest, honest to God, I could tell you, I remember at 13 praying, crying in my bed that God would make me beautiful. I really didn't believe I was. And so when I just look back on those these different things and even having a podcast and all these different things now, you know, I celebrate myself, but I also want to encourage you to get still with yourself, to allow God to take off the layers of you that aren't you <laughs> and to get back to who you are. Ooh, I feel that so strongly like 
as an energy leaving me to you in your ear gate, however you're getting this podcast, there's some stuff that you're carrying, sis. It's not you. It's not you. It's what you felt like you had to do. It's what you felt like culture told you to do. It's what you felt like, you know, maybe you're like me. But just keeping it all the way 100, I had no idea how to manifest my dream, my real dream. I had no idea how to do it. I still don't really know how to do it. But I'm now I'm starting to study and to research and just see how, how can I start playing in the arena that I've always been playing in. I've always been traveling. I've always been telling stories. And people that know me, they know my. I've always called myself Sunday Travels because I love to tell travel stories. I love to tell stories of the African diaspora. I love to travel the world and and tell the stories of us. And us being whoever's listening, don't feel like you're not included. You're included to tell our miraculous stories all over the world. Because who's going to tell them if I don't? And I've always felt like that. And I've always wanted to be a model and be beautiful and all those things. And this new person that I have decided to finally allow myself to be, she's not new. She's someone I've always been. But maybe I was too shy to be her, afraid to be her, maybe told I couldn't be her. I remember one time in high school, a teacher, I told him, I was like, I'm going to have an international travel magazine that's going to talk about black people in the African diaspora. And this white guy looked at me. He was like laughing, like that'll never happen. Okay, bet. I forgot about that. Even just talking about it right now, it just came back to me. But I totally forgot about that. But maybe somewhere along the line, I didn't believe I could do it. I didn't know how to do it. I never seen it done before. And maybe you're like me. Or whatever it is that's locked up inside of you. It's not even locked up inside of you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Whatever it is that you feel like you want to do, you felt like you couldn't do it. But the reality is everything that you will be, you've already been, sis. You've already been doing it. For me, I've already been doing the pageants. I've already been performing. I've already written the book. <laughs> you know, I wrote, my, I wrote my first book. I've already been traveling. I've already been talking. I've already been performing. I've already been on stages. I haven't been in the medical field or, you know, being a veterinarian or being a beautician or doing nails or... No, I haven't been doing those things. I've been telling stories. I've been writing. I've been talking. I've been performing. I've been on stage. I've been caring about the Black agenda. Like, this is who I've been. I've been this woman since I was a child. I've been militant about it. I've been passionate about it. And somewhere along the lines, I felt like, you know, I couldn't do it or I didn't know how to do it or I had to pick a new dream. And so I just want to encourage you. I don't know what phase you're in. I don't know if you're listening to this because this is totally going to be evergreen and the Holy Spirit is going to reach you and call you to this when you need to hear it. Absolutely. And you may be in the dark night of the soul moment. And I'm so grateful. I wish I had a podcast like this to listen to when I was in that moment. But maybe you're in a moment where you're on the floor and you're crying and it's a death and you're going through the death of a thing. Embrace it. Embrace it because it's just a shedding of the things that don't belong to you. It's a shedding of the things that you've taken on as identity that really don't belong to you. They are things from culture, things from your parents, things from your man, things from your friends that are not you. 
And the reality is deep down, you know that and you knew that along the way, but you decide, you know what, I'm actually going to try to make this work out. I'll, I'll stay here. I love this. <laughs> no, God's calling you back to yourself. I was going to say God's calling you higher, but the reality is everything that you will be, you've already been. He's calling you back to yourself. So go through the death. Go through the death of it. Cry. For me, I did sound healing. I did sound healing before I even knew what sound healing was, okay? Somebody invited me to uh, like a meditation session. And I just went to it. And when I went in there, they had all these bowls and they were, you know, rubbing on them and all this stuff. And I was like, what the hell did I walk into? And I was uncomfortable sitting there and it was loud and my ears were kind of hurting. But after a while, the sounds soothed me. And I left that place feeling lighter than a feather. And also with a lot of sexual energy. <laughs> and I went home and I pounced on my boyfriend, okay? Sorry if my parents are listening to this, okay? I apologize. But yes, I pounced on my boyfriend when I came back from the sound healing. And that was the first time I ever experienced anything like that. And I didn't even know what it was called. And then fast forward a year from there, I did another sound healing and it was specifically about healing myself, using the vibrations of the bowls to move negative energy out of my body. And this is why with this podcast, yes, I absolutely love Jesus, but I've experienced things that we don't really talk about sometimes in the church. And those things have been powerful in my life and they have helped me get through moments in my life that... I don't really know how to explain to a church crowd. And so the big thing about Miss Charm School podcast is, yeah, I'm always going to talk about Jesus. I'm always going, you know, that's my savior. I'm not ashamed about the gospel of Christ by any means, but I've also experienced things that maybe some people consider new age or whatever. And I don't know what you consider. I don't call it new age, you know, because most of the times it's ancient teaching. So I don't know how it's new if it's ancient, but I digress. You know, but I've experienced things that I didn't fully understand. I just was open to the moment and it impacted me in a positive, powerful way. And, you know, I walk with God very closely and I don't feel condemned at all. And um, and I maintain a spiritual practice with Jesus, okay, where I repent of my sins. And, you know, those tools have been helpful to me. And so, uh, again, sorry, digression, but... I just want to share that with you, you know, go through your process, you know, allow things to be brought into your life that help you move through your healing. If you're in a place of darkness, like when you're depressed and you want to end your life, I've been there. I've been there. I know what it's like to literally, I used to sit in the bed. I mean, it wasn't every day, but one day I sat in the bed and I, I was using my own voice to say, just do it. I kept saying it to myself, just do it, just do it, just do it. Tomorrow's not going to change. When you wake up tomorrow, he's not going to love you. Just do it, just do it, end your life. And thank God I was, I couldn't move. I just sat there crying. I couldn't move, but I kept saying that to myself, you know, and it was dark. It was dark. And sometimes I had to get up and I had to, you know, sing worship songs and I had to get on the floor and I had to cry. And sometimes I had to, I had to literally record affirmations. I went in my closet and I recorded affirmations and I said, 
you are love and you are surrounded by love. And I just started speaking. I didn't look at any notes. I just started speaking life over myself and I recorded it. And I always tell my friends and sometimes they laugh at me like, girl, I'm not about to record no affirmations and play them. But let me tell you, when you get in a dark place, when you get in a dark place and it don't look like it's going to be no sunshine, you will do whatever. You will get radical. And I radically had to speak love over myself. I radically had to speak life over myself. I radically, with God, had to rebirth myself 1,000%. And so I will do the thing that is radical. I will do the thing that people feel like is crazy. I will take some oil and anoint you in a public place. I will walk into work and pray up and down the hallway in in a secular work environment where they're looking at me like, what? I will speak in tongues at at my desk sitting there. I won't blink twice. (laughs) I won't blink twice. I won't blink twice. Because I've been through some stuff. I don't look like what I've been through. And you don't look like what you've been through. So be radical. If If you're in that stage of life right now, it's okay. Be radical with it. Be radical with it. Because your well-being and getting through that moment is is that is that serious. Is that serious? And take some time to reflect on, you know, how far you've come. Take some time to reflect on being 13, what you were doing at 13. And I promise you, it will give you clarity as to what's next. Because everything that you will be, you've already been. That's my message for you today. (laughs) We got a little fiery there. We got a little emotional there. But that was straight, straight, straight from the Holy Spirit. And Charmers, you are magnetic, magnificent women. Nobody really knows your story. Nobody really knows my story. Nobody really knows your story. But if you've been drawn here, it's because you are powerful. And the world is waiting on you to be great. And I'm going to read you something that I wrote from my book that I self-published back in 2015. I don't even know how old I was, 23 or something. And I wrote this in the introduction of my book. And I said, before we begin, read the following and repeat. All I have been through groomed me for this moment. There is no one on earth who can do what I am meant to do. What is for me is for me. Even in my imperfections, I am perfect. There is no one on the planet with my fingerprint. I am an exclusive and original. I am valuable. Therefore, I let the light of others shine. Because I realize that my spotlight can never be dimmed. I love you, Charmers. Remember that your spotlight can never be dimmed. I'll talk to you soon.